Good afternoon. Adam, how are you? I'm great. Better for hearing from you. How are you doing? I'm very well. How was your week thus uh, far? It's it, it's been, well, it's been Monday evening, but it's been a bank holiday, so it's not bad. I will warn you in advance, we could be on a bit of a timer here because I've just had some creamy pasta and that generally means uh, some, some, You'll some, shit yourself. some severe toilet time coming up. So uh, right. if this ends abruptly or if I just disappear... Uh, y- you've got fair warning, but creamy pasta. Yeah, I I made myself a carbonara. I'm quite good at carbonara because it's very simple. But um, do you make a real carbonara, or do you make a carbonara that uh, Italians would be angry at you for? Um, I I make a carbonara that Italians would be angry with me for, but it's nicer than the way the Italian. Well, so the way I do it is I I I the ingredients that Italians use would be. Like to make the sauce, just egg and parmesan, but I put cream in there as well. Oh yeah, that's a big faux pas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hate that. Yeah. But and they'd hate you as well for it. They liked me when I made my my ragu, but I just I just like it with cream in it. It gives it a lot more flavour. You might send me on a picture of your uh, carbonara the next time you make it. I will. So you can put it up on the fucking Italian's man of food page. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will anyway. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I, I won't post it up myself. But yeah, and then you can read out their comments. I'm I'm very confident in my carbonara. I think it's delicious. Mm. But um, I can tell you it, it's going to want to come out as soon as it went in. I had winner winner chicken dinner. Delicious. That's what I've lined up for tomorrow night. How did you do? How how did you how did you do? So what I did was I have a Dutch oven. <laughs> I always find that phrase funny because of the fart thing. You've lost me. You know when you're like you've got a blanket and you're beside someone and you pull the blanket up over their head and you fart. They call that a Dutch oven. Oh, I did not know this. Yeah. Anyway, I'm made a I got some carrots, parsnips, onions and baby potatoes. I melted a bit of butter and I just kind of covered them in butter. Delicious. And then I put in the chicken and I put a bit of butter over the chicken and a bit of paprika on the chicken and a bit of salt and pepper and into the oven. And you roast it? it And it comes out lovely. Left it in for about an hour and 20, took it out Took the lid off, put it in for another 10, 15 minutes. Was it a whole chicken? It. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got got two days out of it. Like. Fair play. That sounds delicious. And at what point then did you put the blanket up over it and fart? <laughs> so yeah, I, that's what I had for my dinner. And it was really nice. And sounds it. Yeah, really nice now. How are you anyway? What what else are you up to? To be honest, I, I, I'm, I feel... Like a normal person again after the bank holiday weekend. I think that's made me. such a difference to me. I I just feel I felt like such a spent force, and yeah. all of a sudden I I feel like I just needed that extra day to get crap done. And I mean, if I'd gone back to work this morning, I'd have been like, oh, that was 
you know, I'd, I'd have been kind of useless all week. This is why we need a four day week, Adam. Yes, you um, you got I sent I sent you a, a link earlier on just for listeners. I sent Steve a link yeah, earlier I was on. segueing. I was segueing seamlessly. Yeah, there. but that that's not what I want to focus on. I mean, we'll focus on that, but I want to focus on your reaction to it. <laughs> so I said, oh, look, you know, here's here's something you've been talking about for a while that you're passionate about. The the government are hearing people talk about a four day work week just to, you know, consider it. Not that it'll ever happen or anything. But Stephen's response was, well, at least they're finally listening to me. I'm glad that, that lockdown hasn't taken away your sense of humility. <laughs> I would love for a four day week to come in. It, I think it's. I think it works on every level. I think employees and employers. Now, one thing I did see in that, and I thought that was a bit stupid, was they were saying, oh, you know, four days and a 36, so a nine-hour day. And it's like, no, just make it 32 hours and four days. Stop being a gobshite. Well, this is why I don't think it's ever going to come in, because in theory... Uh, businesses are losing out a lot of the utility they get out of people now I know studies will show and Scandinavia is a perfect case study for it that productivity actually goes up when you shorten those hours and people are more dedicated within them they're more fulfilled in life because they've got a better life balance and just the general outlook people have is far more positive but there are so many multinational businesses in Ireland that they are very unlikely just to roll out a blanket hey you can do four uh, four day work week now because it, it leaves that question of of utility that do you cut people's wage uh, proportionately no. Uh, no, yes but businesses don't. will want to do that undoubtedly yeah but no I mean if you cut people's wages then you're not going to get the same commitment from people and it makes no economic sense to do it the thing is what you want is people to be working the same amount in a tighter space of time putting in a bigger effort because they're able to do so and not taking away from their wages because if you take away from their wages then they're going to be struggling again and if you don't have a happy workforce if they're struggling economically you've just created another problem you haven't solved it so it makes no sense and in the past in the past this is something that has happened whereby work weeks have been shortened to get to the 40 hour week and it has been done in a fashion whereby they've reduced the work week to four to uh, a five day 40 hour work week and they've done it without sacrificing wages so the thing is you just you just need the belief that it'll work rather than to try get something in exchange because it, once you look to get something in exchange the whole ethos falls apart Do, the does, thing is a happy workforce is a good workforce does dr stephen have any info on when the five day work week came in it's come in 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 different shapes and forms over the years i mean i'm thinking of what i was studying with the the transport workers union in america and they would have that theirs would have come in during the the new deal by roosevelt when was that uh, that would have been in the 30s and what conditions had to exist for that to come in well 
one of the things that happened around that time was in 29 you had the the collapse on wall street uh-huh. and so you had a distinct depression there in the economy and after uh, that there was efforts to revive the economy and one of them was to give a fair deal to workers because this was felt that was something that was needed at the time and it was part of that okay so there are actually parallels then there are parallels yeah and i think it would be a i think it would be a brilliant a brilliant thing to bring in um i mean it was something in the 50s that was being mooted you know and who just with your experience in studying unions and studying stuff like that uh, who would that push need to come from most businesses workers or government it needs to it needs to be introduced with the cooperation of everyone because you're such a fucking you, politician well if the problem is if if the if the workers try push it on the if the workers try push it on the employers there will be kickback mm. if the government try and force it without collaboration there will be kickback and if the employers do it themselves it probably won't actually cater to the worker because it very rarely does if an employer brings in something it'll come in in such a fashion that wages will be caught or something else will be caught because that's that would be the modus operandi of uh, an employer generally speaking so uh, you, you do need cooperation from all parties I mean, the level of cooperation, you could argue, you know, certainly would be something a worker would would benefit probably from or see the benefit of far more clearly than, than an employer. But you do need you do just need that cooperation. Do you think we're anyway close to getting that kind of trinity of workers, business, government to agree to do that? Something like that in Ireland? Well, I like the idea that it's at least tabled. Mm. Yeah, well, the fact that it's come now, I can't remember the article. Was it going to the doll or was it just going to some kind of advisory committee? I mean, it. I've never seen it before actually being considered in any shape or form. So I'm, I just think it's a great thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't I don't even mind how much it's being considered. But if it's like especially like I said in the, in previous episodes, with the working from home thing, I think it, I think it's sort of something that's needed because there's been a big sacrifice made by workers without any genuine, you know, I mean, it's been acknowledged, but it's not, nothing has been given in exchange for this. Yeah, but I can't see that argument holding any water. No, but I do think, I do think, I do think it, it, it is a sort of... It's a good time for something like this to be considered. Yeah, no, I'm I'm delighted now. I'm delighted now that it's going to be discussed because uh, I I'd love to see it actually happen. Um, oh, it makes such a difference to people. Mm. For me, I, I I would adore it. Like like every weekend being a a long weekend, it'd be fantastic. It'd be interesting to see them what they do with bank holidays. What they do away yeah. with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, I suppose you could definitely lessen them because there wouldn't be as much need for them. We have one of the lowest rates, uh, lowest figures of public holidays in Europe. We've got I mean, nine. I actually, I actually thought we'd won the highest. No, we've got nine. Sorry, child. We've got nine, and in Germany they've got like twenty-one. Oh, I didn't realize they had that many. Yeah. No, we we've one of the lowest. It's insane. Yeah, I thought we'd more than England. They're not Europeans. Fuck them. Mm. Yeah, not since January. Yeah. Blowouts. <laughs> but yeah, no, I would like to see that happen. Yeah, no, I, I would now. I hope it. Uh, I hope that the government continues to listen to our podcasts and and bases their policy on, on our thoughts. Yeah, and I hope they're not put off by your creamy carbonara. It's delicious. I'll make it for you someday. You'll love it. Mm. But it it really like. I was talking to people about this kind of thing recently, and it does seem that the older you get, the more dairy averse you kind of become. Really? Does that happen to you? Oh, I love dairy. Oh, I love no, no. Sorry, your body, not your palate. Oh, I haven't noticed. You just are <laughs> dropping juicy turds all the time. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, no, I've never noticed that milk is any. Well, then maybe I just haven't been thinking about it. Yeah. No, sometimes now if I'm hitting the dairy excessively hard, I am. Yeah, my bowels go to hell. Mm. Cider. That's one that doesn't doesn't work with me. Don't drink cider. Mm. I just. Makes I me... really li- I like cider, but yeah, no, it's uh, <sighs> yeah, no, my gut gets wrenched from it, and I get all these sort of because it's so acidic, I get all these sort of inflammations out of it. What was, what's your most embarrassing toilet time? Do, do you remember that girl who was in the news a couple of years ago who she was going on a date with a fella, and it was her first time over in his house. And she <laughs> went to use his toilet <laughs> and she got in there and <laughs> she dropped a load and it wouldn't flush because it was like too big or something. <laughs> so she put it in a bag and went to throw it out the window. But he had this like weird double glazed window thing and it fell down between the glazing. Oh, yeah. So she tried to go that in was fucking rotten. <laughs> and get it out. <laughs> And then she got stuck in the window as well. <laughs> and they had to call the fire brigade and everything to get her out. I do, I remember that. That was, how embarrassing. Oh, that's brilliant. But this is a honest, decent health podcast, Adam. So we're not going to be reducing it to such toilet humour. You just don't want to embarrass yourself on the show. That's that's disappointing. Mm. So in other news, yeah, um, Borat, the new Borat movie came out on Friday. I believe it's pronounced Barrett. Barrett, Barrett Johnson. Um, what what were your thoughts? It was funny. It was funny, but I do think it's sort of, I do think that that genre of creating artificial scenarios. In order to misrepresent some, uh, to misrepresent a situation, is 
in the current climate a very dated mode of humor because because again with this sort of post-truth society that has emanated from i suppose the trump era you that this is what the news is this is what politics is so comedy doing the exact same thing for laughs is sort of no longer a viable entity i think i think i think you can apply that to a lot of the stuff baron cohen has done before um before we'll say this is america like the original borat movie and bruno and ali g there was certainly a contrivance to i can't remember the phrasing you used but basically to create a false narrative i i, I or put put people into a a false scenario. I, I don't think he tries to do that with Borat and, and certainly not with the, his other thing, This Is America, which I think informed this Borat uh, a lot more than, say, the original Borat movie even. Well, you see, the thing is, I think he's just creating a situation to present the... to present a sort of a viewpoint that he wants. So it's a pre-written idea that he wants to present this and he creates artificial situations like for instance kingsman arizona in this is america is a tiny town i'm going to just look up uh, the population here of kingsman arizona so that i can maybe give a little bit of context on this is this the one where he did, held the town hall yeah right and it's a tiny little town while you're doing that maybe i'll give context on it he um this is where he went into Basically, a town hall open meeting to pitch something to the conservative townspeople. And his proposal was that they knocked down something. I can't remember what it was. And they build a mosque instead. Yeah, it's less than 30,000. So it's smaller than smaller than like it's maybe half the size of Limerick or even less, maybe. So that gives you an idea. Now, I have a friend who lives who was born and raised in Kingman, Arizona. Well, you came armed with this info in Kingman, Arizona, and she said that she recognized nobody from that meeting, which to my mind tells you, like, if, if it was Limerick, you'd know, or, you, you know, or, or even if you didn't know the people, you'd be talking about it enough that people would know who they are. You don't not know at all in a population a town with population that size who these people are and you definitely would know somebody and this wasn't the case so this is clearly shipping in egypt's from anywhere and everywhere in and around and presenting it and misrepresenting it okay i'll give you that that's a fair point and similarly i did feel then to go with the borat thing i did actually i was watching it and with Rudy Giuliani, the, you know, obviously that's what the whole thing was pivoting on. And he was talking in his, like he was talking in his, his shirt. That was what he was doing. I didn't think anything other when I was watching it. Now, I didn't, I definitely didn't think they were going to present it as, you know, I, I thought they were going to just accept that this was, this was what happened, but they made you know, they made it seem more so for comedic effect when in the publicity of the show, they pretended that he actually was doing something more, which I didn't like because, I mean, it, it makes it less funny when you try to politicize it with the lie. Well, 
I, I don't think it that scene they were trying to be funny to be honest I think they were just trying to to politicise it and like there's no doubt in my mind that scene that it was exactly why I watched the movie the day it came out because I wanted to see how that scene actually played out because I saw Giuliani came out where just for context for people listening that haven't seen it um, he sends in a, a fake woman reporter and she she's basically flirting with him the whole time and in the end she invites him into a bedroom t- for a drink and she un- she takes the mic off him because she'd just been interviewing him on camera and the mic was essentially tucked into his pants so he's tucking in his shirt but his hand kind of lingers there a little bit longer while she's bent over in front of him and yeah so the narrative or at least the, pr- the promotion was Giuliani wanks on camera to be honest yeah I kind of had the same feeling of they are misrepresenting it here a little bit but I mean the hand lingered there quite a while and I just reckon like, I don't the, tuck my shirt in like that no but I just reckoned it was him being an old, an old man like you know no I, no one lies flat down on the bed lies down and buries their hand definitely into their underwear to tuck in their shirt like it's not as innocent as well you can't tuck in your shirt while you're sitting down you just can't it doesn't work especially if you have a belly yeah but stand up well yeah you could stand up and he just went the other way yeah <laughs> I mean, like it was he, def- he was definitely a slime ball in the situation too i mean he's rudy giuliani and in the context of, of the thing she was this nobody nervous naive reporter de- when definitely. she even said let's go into the bedroom to have a drink he should have said no yeah well i think i think with with regards to the going to the bed i mean it's it was sort of i I don't think he had any i don't think that that actually really factored into it it didn't look like it did to me personally because he was it was all done in the hotel room anyway but what i did think was i mean he kind of touched her a bit and it was kind of like exactly yeah no i I I mean it's probably just part of what you know he does but uh, the way things are now, it looks wonky. It yeah, I mean, I I think. I mean, you know, th- there must there must have been a call for for Baron Cohen to run in when he did because he ran in and he interrupted all this thing, shouting, "Stop! She's 15. Which yeah, but th- he was that's obviously where the comedy came he off. He was but watch, watching. You, you from know, outside, he I'm wanted sure. to. Um, there must have been something because he's a very extreme dude. There was probably a big decision for him to go. No, let this play out. I'd say someone nearly made him go in and and break it up. I don't think so. I think he realised that there was going to be nothing. So he had to... Because I think if he actually thought there was would be more... And Norm MacDonald made this point on, on his saw that, yeah. Twitter. If he thought there would be more, he'd have gone for more. He yeah, didn't go for, he didn't go for the He didn't go for a kill shot because I don't think there was a kill shot. Maybe. Uh, like... In I don't know I I I really liked this movie, I thought it was a lot more relevant than the first Borat. The first Borat was just taking the piss. This one seemed to have you know a bit of a, a focus, a bit of a tip to it. And there's some funny bits in it. Like I really like. I felt the references to the Jew were sort of, again because it had been so prominent and funny in the first one. I felt it was just a bit tired in this one. I did really like his faxing over and back oh yeah he he was uh, faxing with the the basically the like government Prime. 
in, in Kazakhstan whatever, and yeah. they were saying give give away your child or we're going to kill you uh, and he was doing it with this um, just random old man who worked in a fax shop that was very funny yeah yeah I, and even faxing anyone in this day and age is kind of a funny thing to be doing like Lionel Messi I think sent a fax to Barcelona to tell them he he wanted to move from the club which I thought was hilarious <laughs> Why was Lionel Messi sending faxes to people? Yeah, that's pretty bizarre. No, I liked it. I think it had a lot of heart. It was it was funny. What one thing though, I think I watched it wrong, is when Borat and the girl are—I won't say who she is because I don't want to spoil anything. When they're talking to each other, did the version you watched have subtitles? I think the subtitles. I can't, I honestly can't remember. Because I was watching it basically. There were subtitles when the film insisted it would have subtitles, but not when the characters were speaking not in English. So I didn't know if that was like a narrative decision because like somewhere near the end of the second act, she starts speaking English and that's a moment because she's speaking in English and not in her native language. So mm. I didn't know if we were supposed to not understand what they were saying to each other when they weren't speaking English. I don't know that either. I probably, um, I have, I like I have the Amazon thing inside and I, I just chose not to watch it on it. Yeah. Uh, because I, I just didn't want to. So, yeah, so, about like a, a, a quarter or a fifth of the movie, I just was only going from context cues and physical body language for what the fuck. Yeah, actually but I didn't said. feel you. I didn't feel you needed anything more. You know, I no, no, I didn't lose it. I just maybe I, I watched like 20 percent less than I should have. Also. Kazakhstan have finally gotten behind or maybe gotten behind is the bad word is the wrong word but they've just embraced, embraced. Borat have Jinx, you seen you this you can't talk till somebody says your name oh uh, Adam <laughs> well, sorry this, very short this podcast, podcast would finish very badly <laughs> if I... Kazakhstan have finally acquiesced to Borat and changed their current to- tourism slogan to very nice oh that's quite funny yeah yeah, there's a series of ads going they, out there. They should have done that in the, the first go, but I suppose maybe they just weren't maybe as marketing savvy. They hated him. They, they do not like Borat at all. Yeah. Uh, I'm so they glad, I'm glad that they did. They saw, they saw the benefit of it. Yeah, and they have like a series of ads now out where people are visiting Kazakhstan and its main, you know, biggest things and they look and go, oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's a nice one to kind of double down onto it. I think so. I think so. But yeah, I'm going watching uh, Spurs v Burnley this evening. Oh, great. Sports. Yeah, sports. I'm delighted as well that the, the GA are back. Yeah, well, I'm glad. I, I needed all this. Okay, well, I, we, we don't want to keep you, so I was I was going to talk about fitness and stuff, but maybe we'll uh, put that oh, off for another God. week just because <laughs> fuck that. Um, so before we go, give me your uh, positive thought for the week my positive thought for the week i am on television on friday night at midnight on rt2 oh cool for what it's a rerun of a st- of a stand-up comedy thing i did that came out in march oh that's great so catch everyone me tune on. into that everyone tune into that i'll be there and i'll be telling oh such funny jokes or jokes anyway yeah 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 and sly remarks. Are there sly remarks in there? Um, yeah, I'm sure there are. Okay. So yeah, catch me on that. How about you? What's your um, 
Well, I was going to say for me it was a bank holiday because I needed it so much, but we covered that at the start. So I guess what I found positive this week, media and entertainment. I, I watched, because it was a long weekend, I watched a load of stuff and it was great to just consume things that didn't make me think of, of the world right now. Like I watched, I watched Borat, I watched the new series of Letterman. I watched yeah. the... I w- I watched a, I watched the Chicago Seven, which came out on Netflix, and then I attended a virtual talk by people who are actually members of the Chicago Seven or relatives of members who have passed, and it was just, it was actually so nice to see sort of people discussing political thoughts and ideas and so forth, in without having to include some. Jim O'Doherty type for balance and it was just it was really good this was my positive moment Stephen let me finish yeah but I'm oozing positivity can I finish no okay okay I'm finished uh who who are the who are the Chicago 7 are they like the Jackson 5 Chicago 7 were a a group of anti-Vietnam protesters who were arrested watch the film i really i really liked it it's adam it's is it adam sorkin aaron sorkin. A- aaron sorkin um aaron sorkin and it's it's worth it's worth the look okay i liked it there was a lot of issues with the film apparently because of you know it it just putting the truth into film seems to be a difficult thing to do but i liked it okay and was the talk afterwards good the talk, uh, the talk I really enjoyed because the only thing it was Bobby Seale, who was the founder leader of the Black Panthers, he was meant to be speaking at it and he wasn't there, which was disappointing because uh, I find him fascinating. Why? It was just an interesting guy. I mean, he he lived a very interesting life and and he released a cookbook, barbecuing with Bobby Seale or something. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I think is mad. Um. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's um that, that that's what I'm I'm I've been grateful for this this past few few days is just watching nice things that make you think about something else. I watched the the live version, the non TV series version of Fleabag also, the, the National Theatre live version and that Good. was uh oh it, it was fantastic. Um mm. which I, I was kinda raging that I managed to find it find it. The same day that the actual script I had bought arrived, so I was like, well, "Fuck!" If I I could I should have just read it instead. But uh, Phoebe Waterbridge is fantastic, and to see where it started with the stage play, to where she took it with the television show, was was just great. She's phenomenal. Hmm, that's interesting. Might pick up on that again next week. So, yeah, no, fuck you. That was my this week's one. You can't have it next mm. week. Okay, have a good evening, Adam. Enjoy your football, Stephen. Good luck. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.